Hello everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of the Football Betting Podcast with me, Tom Pipkin, my co-host Tom Walker, and we are here with a Premier League kickoff special. We're going to look through our Premier League outrights ahead of the opening day, the opening day highlights in terms of the betting on the individual games, then we're going to go through the Football League, uh, picking out our betting highlights again, league by league. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, uh, it was a great start. Wasn't it in the EFL? It wet the appetite. The Premier League's back, obviously, uh, you know, the world's most famous league, and that's represented with our followers as well. I think uh, we're pleased to welcome back the Premier League contingency and very grateful to the EFL fans that listened last week. But we're at full, uh, full capacity now. We are indeed. And hopefully there won't be anywhere near as many coupon busters this weekend as there oh, were last weekend hell. because they were... They were galore in the, you know, across the football league, weren't they? Some yeah, real to say, favourites. Yeah, to say we picked Wickham on the treble and they could have been three nil down in nine minutes. They were two nil down and had a, a missed a penalty. Um, yeah, it was a it was a baptism of fire. To be honest with you, <laughs> speaking of baptisms of fire, there's there's a lot that I think are going to go on in the Premier League this weekend for some teams that are in for a bit of a shock. Um, but yeah, we should. Uh, we should pick up the pace and, and dive into the outrights, Tom. It's uh, it's always exciting to do these kind of shows, isn't it? It is indeed. So the Premier League outrights, we're going to look at who we think is going to win, who's going to get in that top four and who's going to get relegated and the golden boot as well. Um, mm. So Premier League title winner, Tom. Uh, Man City are the favourites at 1.83 at the moment. Arsenal next favourites at 6.0. Um, are you looking at either one of those? to win the title for you this year? Yeah, I'd be shocked if it came uh, from any other team other than those two. I see Liverpool in uh, a good, healthy spot to put the pressure on, but nothing more. And I think Manu and Chelsea are, are still kind of getting uh, getting everything together and Newcastle not quite there. So, yeah, Man City or Arsenal for me. I think Arsenal are a good price, I think. Um, you know, when you consider how close they did get last season, even though they fell away in the end. But I think, honestly, it is it is hard to look past Man City. And that the, the only question I have with City is motivation, right? Uh, they won the treble and they basically completed football. And in any walk of life, once you've reached that objective, it is hard to then go, where do we go from here? You know? Yeah, yeah definitely hard to go again. And that's I agree. That's probably the... The one lingering thing with City, plus the fact they've lost a couple of key players um, and may potentially lose more before the, the transfer window slams shut. Um, but no, I, I think you've got to go with City, haven't you? I, I do like the look of the forecast bet. Um, so that's Man City to win the league and Arsenal to finish second. That's 5-1, to 6.0. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's a decent little bet, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, who is your top four, Tom? Out of, uh, out of curiosity. So let me just pull up my league table. Um, I went for City, Arsenal, Liverpool and Chelsea. Okay. I went very similar. I went uh, City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester United. So just a little okay. bit of a difference there in the last team. Uh, Newcastle, unlucky to miss out, I would say, on uh, on my theoretical top four. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a, a big ask to go again uh, when everyone else has strengthened so well 
And I think Newcastle have strengthened a little bit, you know? Yeah. 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 And they had the luxury last season of not having to play midweek football. Whereas yeah, that, they have to, you know, they've got to have the squad depth, which maybe they don't really have right now to to play Premier League midweek European football. Um, so be interesting to see how they get on. I hope they do well. But yeah, Chelsea 2.63 to finish in the top four, if you like, where I'm looking. And then Man United 1.8, Liverpool 1.58 for a top four finish. Yeah, um, um, I, I did, you know, I did take a glance at Aston Villa at eight to one. Uh, there's clearly a lot that needs to go their way for, to make it happen. But, you know, Tom, we, we always like looking at teams that finished last season well and have had a good transfer window and that can have shown signs that it could be on the cards. And I think if you're looking for a value bet and something where you're not backing Man City at one to 20 to finish in the top four, uh, I think Villa's the bet, isn't it? Eight to yeah. one. Um, that could be a bit of fun if you're not too attached to the stake that you put down. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did think, looking at the odds for top four, Arsenal priced to just a shade under one to two. Um, you know, if you're sticking a pre-season accumulator bet on, Arsenal to finish in the top four, you'd think that would be, that's got to be a almost a lock, hasn't it? Yeah, in a weird way, that's actually not bad, is it? Yeah. That's yeah. not bad at all, I thought. Yeah. One to two, pretty much, for Arsenal to get in the top four. Yeah, that's um, Anyway, moving on to the other end of the league. Um, we've got a couple of heavy favourites for relegation, which I'm sure feature in both mine and your predictions, unless you're going to throw a real curveball out there. That's Luton and Sheffield United. Luton are 1.36 and Sheffield United 1.67 to go down. Uh, do you have both of those in your 1 to 20? No. You don't? Oh, no. Wow. Um, I, have one of, I have one of them. I'm assuming that's Sheffield United, right? Yeah, it is Sheffield United. I can't remember the last time a team came up looking so weak, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, I, I mean, this is... I think a lot of Sheffield United fans are clinging on to the, 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 um, you know, the seasons when they finished, what was it, 10th or something like that, mm. ninth. And they came up and they, they had that big splash, didn't they? And, uh, you know, they didn't have many recognisable names. And I think a lot of uh, Sheffield United are trying to draw parallels here. But, you know, the, to to lose one of your best players in Sanderberger to a fellow uh, relegated team, uh, promoter team, sorry, in Burnley is, is just basically unforgivable. And I think it's a sign of what's going on at Sheffield United, uh, unfortunately for them. I'm intrigued to hear about Luton then. So they are generally a two-to-one shot to stay up. Yes, they're um, nine-to-four right now. Yeah. Um, so basically, my, my theory with Luton is that I, I, I've been following, and as you have, Tom, so you'll know, and a lot of other people, have been following the EFL for years. And that mainly comes down to Forest being my club, Nottingham Forest being an EFL team for pretty much all my life. And, you know, I just genuinely have interest in the EFL and, you know, I get just as much enjoyment watching a Colchester game as I, as I do a, a Aston Villa game, for example. And what's happened with Luton, every single season they do this, every season they, they bring in players that are not wanted by anybody else, that are not deemed good enough, that are coming off bad seasons, that are coming off injuries 
that are coming off, you know, um, and maybe they've got a bad attitude or whatever, but, but they find gems and they find, um, and they, they keep finding value and they turn players into, you know, players that are capable of going above their perceived levels. Mm. And I'm just not ready to turn my back on what, like a, a decade, six, seven, eight years, whatever it is of like tried and trusted recruitment that has proven to get them through the leagues. I'm not ready to turn my back on that just because now they're in the Premier League. Like I, I don't really understand what the motive there is. Um, you know, everyone talks about, oh, they're going to have a great home record at Kenilworth Road, blah, blah. That's just, it's just lazy to say that. They had a better away record than a home record last year. And to be honest with you, Kenilworth Road wasn't the, the fortress that they may need it to be this season. But I just think there's a lot of perceptions out there about Luton. that they're, they're pretty small. You know, I don't think that signing a Rotherham player, for example, is going to you know, stack up to Premier League quality. And that's fine. And Luton are shopping in a different market to everyone else. But I think it's just so disrespectful to look at the size of the club and, and everything and just assume they're going to go down. I, I, I honestly don't see it that way. I think they'll surprise. And I actually like what they've done in the transfer market. And I think they're going to stay up. I'd love to see it. I really would. Um, and I'm, I'm convinced. I'm, not, I'm convinced they're going to turn over at least a couple of the bigger sides at Kenilworth Road this season. Um. Who have you got then to go down? That's the question I'm sure everybody listening wants to know. If you've got Sheffield United, who are your other two? Yeah, so Wolves are my team to finish second bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're priced at nine to four. Obviously, on the eve of the season, changing your manager, even if it is for Gary O'Neill, who kept Bournemouth up last year and forged a, a nice little um, reputation for himself. I still think they're in big trouble. They're clearly trying to balance the books with FFP. And uh, there are some reports out there that they see this is the season to cut back on their cloth because they see weaker teams in the league than them. And they feel like it's a good opportunity to do so. Um, so Wolves there for sure. And then I have uh, Everton going down okay. in my final spot. I just don't see, like, you know, people are talking about the the transfer business of, of Luton and, and you know, Sheffield United. And I personally think the Luton stuff is not, you know, is not as bad as everyone's making out and Sheffield United is. But then you look at what Everton are doing in the transfer market. Like, why, why are we not, why are they, you know, not one of the favourites to go down? They're, they're three to one. They're sixth favourites. Is mm. that just because they got Sean Dyche? Because they've got, Dan Juma in on loan and they've got Ashley Young who's 38 and that's it. So we're looking at a team who struggled last season. Dan Juma's a great pickup. I'm not going to lie to you, but like as, as we stand right now, and obviously maybe they sign a raft of players and it all changes, but we're recording this on the 10th of 10th of August and it's not enough for me. Everton to go down over Luton is my kind of shout of the season. I think that's what I want to, pin my name to three to one for them yeah it's, it's not a bad price at all is it um i so i have wolves Luton, and sheffield united personally uh, completely okay. agree with everything you said on the Wolves stuff Luton, i'd love to see get out of it but i feel like unless they are exceptionally good at home then they're going to go down 
Um, I'd love to see them stay up, like I say, but I don't think they'll get a, a ton of points away. I think they'll probably have a very similar season to what Forrest had last season, first season back in the Premier League. Uh, we had to be so good at home in order to stay in the division because we were really poor away. Uh, we made the home, the city ground at home a fortress. Luton are going to have to do exactly that. Kenilworth Road, I feel. Um, and if they don't pick up quite as many points as we did uh, at home, they, they will go down. But yeah, I, I think Burnley are a tad overpriced. 5.5 yeah. generally. If they come up and think they can play the way they did in the Championship, they're in for a rude awakening. Um, and I think yeah, that just on just on that, Tom, just on that, look at, you're exactly right. We look at Forest. We came up playing three five two, right? Jed Spence, Max Lowe, or Jack Corback, or whatever, flying uh, wing backs, and you know we we came up trying to play that way, didn't we? And we weren't getting results. And Cooper was on the brink of the sack, and we had to change. And we went rigid, and we went to a back four. And Cooper was saying, "This is not how I want to play, but this is what I need to do to get results." And then slowly we'll be able to transition into what we want to become. So yeah, Burnley, obviously very like extreme style in the champ. You're spot on. Like if they think they can come up and just play like that, yeah, I, I don't think they can. So I think that's that's good to point out that they're a tad overpriced. Yeah, and to think that there are teams like Bournemouth, Forest, Fulham, who are all, you know, more odds on to be relegated than Burnley are. I think is yeah. I think they're massively overlooked in the market right now. Yeah, I think um, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyway, uh, let's go into the individual picks for the Premier League this weekend. Then we're going to pick out our highlights across the weekend. I'll get us started, and it's a, a price that when I saw the games, I kind of always have a figure in my head of what I think each team will be priced up as. And when I saw Palace were were two point three seven to beat Sheffield United away from home, but uh, I thought that was a pretty decent price. Um, Sheffield United, as you've mentioned, having uh, a clear out of their best players prior to the season starting. Um, and Palace are, yes, they've lost Zaha, but, you know, Elise is still there, Eze is still there. There's still plenty of talent in that Crystal Palace side that saw them really revive under Roy Hodgson at the back end of last season. I think, yeah, Sheffield United, obviously the ground's going to be a really good atmosphere, first season back in the league again, first game, sorry, back in the league. But I think, yeah, it's going to be a, a rude awakening for Sheffield United this weekend. Palace are above evens are a very good bet, I think, for me this weekend. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think it would be a huge coupon buster if you didn't get it done. Um, I'm going to sound a bit weird now and, uh, you know, listeners are probably going to be confused, but I'm going to go for Brighton. Um, at home to Luton, they're, they're one to three, um, so you know it's not it's not something we're going to spend too much time on here. But you know, in terms of a baptism of fire, yeah, Brighton for me is is you know one of the best of the rest, isn't it? This is not a an easy game for Luton. They'll go and and they'll try and impose themselves on a Brighton team that may lack a little bit of fight. Maybe I, I think the only criticism you can give them is they're a bit soft sometimes and they're very pretty. Um, but yeah, uh, Brighton to win pretty comfortably, I think. Yep, I can see that one for sure. Um, lunchtime kickoff. Our beloved Nottingham Forest have a baptism of fire away at Arsenal um, to start the season off. 
Arsenal way too short on the nose at 1.18, so just a tad under 1-5. to five. But um, I do think they'll win to nil. And for, for Arsenal to win to nil is 1.9. We've got injury problems. Uh, our best defenders near Kate, Felipe, look like they're going to be out for a little bit. Doubts over a one-year up front as well, which is Forrest's main goal threat. Brennan Johnson's only just coming back from a knock. The whole preseason for Forrest, we've we've kind of sat back, let teams come on to us, and then try and get them on the counter, which is what we tried to do in the Premier Premier League last season. But away at Arsenal, um, I don't think it's going to cut it. You know that they're going to have eighty percent plus possession in this game, and they're going to win pretty comfortably, I believe. Yeah, um, I don't. I just basically feel like Forrest aren't ready for yeah. this game. Basically, is is how I feel. Uh, let's have a look at the uh, Vincent Company derby then on on the Friday night. So done this in a bit of a weird order, but I think it's fair to uh, assume that Manchester City will kick off their treble defence and their Premier League defence with a win away at Burnley. I think it will be a packed turf moor. Uh, I think it's obviously completely different challenges that Man City have faced there in the past. Uh, less elbows from Ashley Barnes and you know Chris Wood and all these lads. <laughs> A little bit uh, of a smaller stature of the Burnley players and a bit more of a, a prettier style. I'm really interested to see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, Man City, one to three, obviously, again, super short. And that's the Premier League for you. But uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be back in them, I think. Uh, any more that you like the look of in particular? Yes, yes actually. Uh, Bournemouth. Hmm. Uh, Low-key, I'm really actually quite impressed with... Bournemouth's transfer business and just the way that they have built their club since the new ownership and the Americans came in. I think genuinely they're like a an upward trajectory kind of club and like I can honestly see them in the next couple of years being a you know a mid-table to Europa Conference League chasing team if this continues because they, they clearly have a style of player that they like to bring in that they're, they're kind of adopting that buy low, sell high, you know, young potential player that can also impact the first team. It, it's it's a, uh, a tough kind of, uh, it's a tough supermarket to shop in because that's where everyone wants to be. But they seem to be getting some nuggets together. And West Ham, I think the fan negativity is, is pretty evident, even if, uh, like me and you, Tom, we're not actually in the thick of London. You, you can feel it from podcasts. You can feel it from social media. I think that's a frustrated fan base. And, uh, yeah, I can see Bournemouth getting off to a good start at home. They're 17 to 10 to do so. I think that's a really good price, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, the only other one, really, for me, which is a standout, is is a short price, and it's on the Monday night. Manu against Wolves. Yeah. Uh, 1.33 for Man United to win at home against, like, say, Wolves, who have just sacked um, Lopetegui and bought in Gary O'Neill. Uh, again, you may be able to get a bit more value from it, squeeze the lemon a little bit more and get Manu to win and both teams to score no, um, which would be 2.2. So that's a much better price. But uh, yeah, apart from that particular game, it's quite a tough one, I thought, in the rest of the games. Uh, yeah. A lot of games I could see really going either way. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I'm excited for it to get kicked off, but you know that doesn't always necessarily translate to a, a great betting slate. 
Agreed. Right, let's dive into the championship then, shall we? Because, like we say, there were a few coupon busters last week, and I'm sure there's going to be a few more this week. Because <laughs> I was looking down the fixture list, and I was thinking, there's some teams here that could absolutely win at big prices. Um, get us kicked off with with one you like in the champ. Yeah, uh, I'm going to start off with Southampton. Um, I, well, just to paint the picture. They beat Sheffield Wednesday in the uh, in the curtain raiser of English football for 23-24. They beat them away 2-1. Um, they did lose to Gillingham 3-1 in the Carabao Cup uh, in midweek. I had a look at the teams. It, it wasn't anything, really. Um, there was a couple of first-teamers, but there a ton of rotation for Southampton. I'm not going to read into that. Uh, they're playing against Norwich, uh, Southampton, by the way, 5-6. to six. Norwich got a win uh, at home to Hull. Uh, a couple of academy grads getting the goals, which is lovely to see. But I don't think Hull are up to much this season. Uh, I think Southampton should have too much. I'm not getting sucked into the fact that, I, that Norwich won on opening day. I still predict them to be maybe 15th at the end of the season. So in my eyes, this is a... Uh, uh, automatic promotion challenger against a lower mid-table team. So, uh, yeah, I'll take that five to six. I think if this happens in uh, November, Southampton, uh, you know, one to two, something like that. Yeah, um, I do have a little extension to add on to this. Um, it's Southampton to win and both teams to score, which is 11 to four. Um Southampton haven't kept a clean sheet for 19 consecutive games now. And this is a run which, you know, extends into the back end of their Premier League relegation season, last season, all the way through pre-season and now into the new championship season. And again, they they conceded plenty of midweek in the EFL Cup. Um, So, yeah, despite having a a pre-season and, uh, you know, a a start of the new season to sort it out and, fix up at the back they've not really done so so this long run backing it to continue um it's something that i'll continue to look at and continue probably to back until it does end so yeah riding the wagon mm. um what do i like then I, it's a price um and i'm gonna have a look at birmingham at 23 to 10 um birmingham played leeds and leeds are a side who we saw narrowly come away with the draw against Cardiff on opening weekend. Uh, had to come from behind in midweek to win against Shrewsbury in the EFL Cup, although that was a rotated squad. I just think there's a lot of things that Leeds need to sort out at the moment. I think it's going to be a bit more rocky before it gets better for Leeds in the Championship because Cooper's now injured, Furpo's now injured, Somerville's now injured, Nonto's apparently refusing to play because he wants a move. So that's you know three or four nailed-on first-teamers there who now are out of the picture at present for, for Leeds. So considering they made tough starts to things last weekend and in midweek, and Birmingham is, is, is a pretty tough place to go at the moment, I'd say. I think Birmingham, after, after drawing away at Swansea, winning in, the, in, in midweek in the Cup, I think... Uh, I think at twenty-three to ten, Birmingham could be a decent little outside pick to to make Leeds's life a little bit worse before it gets better. Hmm. Okay, all right. I'm not sure I'm on board with that one, but I do see your reasoning. 
Um, we're going to flip to a 14 to 5 tip, which I know sounds lovely. Um, we're going to back Swansea away at West Brom. Um, so West Brom, in all competitions and friendlies, um, they've not won their last seven games. And they've not beaten Swansea in any of the last four encounters, actually. And uh, Swansea, pretty nice start to the season, I'd say. Um, they drew 1-1 with Birmingham, which I'm sure they'll be disappointed with a little bit, um, but managed to beat Northampton 3-0 in a comfortable uh, Carabao Cup game that uh, probably had the highlight of the uh, highlight of the season so far in terms of goals. It was uh, a great individual effort, unbelievable performance there. So, yeah, they're, they're coming up a, a sticky West Brom team that are, are just – not really getting going. I actually watched the game away at, at Blackburn and Blackburn had so many chances. It was so wasteful. They could have absolutely destroyed West Brom and West Brom on, on the face of it, it does look like they do have enough to kind of, you know, threaten that top half and maybe be an outside uh, playoff shout. But honestly, they just didn't get going and they didn't really show enough. It looked very, it felt old. It felt slow. And I think that's the complete opposite as to what we're going to see uh, with Swansea this weekend. And I think 14 to 5, obviously I'm a big Michael Duff fan. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a punt on Swansea for sure. Yeah, I can definitely see that one. I, I really like the price on that one. I had that one written down myself. Um, another one that I'm going to pick out again at a price um, is Bristol City at 10 to three and they go away to Millwall. Millwall are a funny side because they beat Middlesbrough away from home in one of those said coupon busters on opening day. Then they got absolutely panned at home to Reading in the cup in midweek, four nil. Mm. Um, and there, there was a bit of rotation in that Millwall side, but some concern is warranted um, for sure. They play this Bristol City side who have been on a pretty good run. I, I don't tend to look an awful lot at pre-season results, but just looking at their pre-season, they, they beat Swindon 7-1, Newport 8-0, Oxford 4-1, Exeter 4-0. Followed that up in to opening day with a one-all draw against Preston. Then in midweek, beat Oxford again, 5-1 in the cup. So this is a side who are really on a, a good run of goal-scoring form, winning form, um, playing extremely well, and that's even without Alex Scott. So if they can continue that at 10 to 3 to beat this Millwall side, who are, well, I don't know what they are, to be honest. Are they, are they a, a team that can go away to the Riverside and, and squeak a 1-0? Or are they, are they a team who are going to get panned by Redden at home 4-0? You know, if they're not at the races, I think Bristol City can do them. Yes. Uh, yeah, again, I feel, I feel like that I'm not ready to kind of, I don't know. I like both teams. I find both teams a bit inconsistent. So I'm not 100% sure how to handle that one. Um, to be honest with you, we're in a bit of a weird spot, aren't we? Um, <laughs> where we're trying to draw conclusions on teams after yeah. two games. But it is our job. Uh, let's have a look at Cardiff under Erol Bulut from Turkey. Was that be, your Turkish accent? Uh, no, it was just like a foreign accent. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't really know how to do a Turkish accent. I just, as I was reading it, I just felt like I, if I called him Errol Bullock, I feel like that wasn't doing him any justice, you know? <laughs> anyway, 
Errol Le Ballou, um, they are playing against QPR under Gareth Ainsworth, and they're even money. And it's just just picking on QPR, to be honest with you. Like, probably the biggest mess of a club in the uh, in the EFL, I would say, in terms of how they've started. Um, they lost 4-0 away at Watford on opening day. They were not in Carabao Cup action. Um, Cardiff, they uh, got a 2-2 draw away at Leeds, took the lead, which was great. Uh, and then they responded with a 3-0 win over Colchester um, on penalties. Uh, sorry, 3-0 win on penalties. That sounds bloody ridiculous. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, it was 2-2, and then they won on pens. My bad. Um, the stats I was reading, it was formatted a bit weird. But, uh, yeah, anyway, they got through. And QPR, despite signing Steve Cook the other day, which I think is a very good signing uh, in terms of centre-half bolstering, uh, I think Cardiff can kind of pick up on where they left off. They scored two away at Leeds. Yes, they conceded two, but I think tails will be up, confidence will be high, and at even money, I think it's a nice little addition to your accumulator. Yep. Okay. Um, one more for me in the champ. Again, I'm just plucking out these big prices like it's Christmas. Plymouth, I like the look of. Now, take this one with a, a little bit of a, more of a pinch of salt than the rest, but Plymouth at four to one away at Watford. Obviously, Watford won on opening day. You touched on it. They beat QPR 4-0. Um, I think that, and again, I'm drawing a conclusion early on about this team, I think that's more of a reflection on how bad QPR are than how good Watford are, in my opinion, at the moment. Uh, Watford went to Stevenage in the EFL Cup, literally made two changes to the side and went out on penalties to Stevenage. So... I'm not convinced that that 4-0 is all it might be beefed up to be here because they're being priced very short at Watford at 7-10 to 10 for the win. And if Plymouth, who are riding a wave of momentum after getting automatic promotion, winning the first game of the season, winning again in midweek in the Cup, if they can continue that momentum, they're a big price at 4-1 to one to beat Watford, who, would, like I say, I don't think that 4-0 is is all it quite is at the, mo at the moment, you know. I think that's really fair, you know. I think that's totally fair. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's interesting how you spin that because, yeah, it's it's a 4-0 win, but you're right, the opposition they're up against. I just described them, what did I say, the biggest mess in the DFL or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah totally get it. Um, no more from me. Happy to jump into tier number three if you are. Yeah, let's go to um, League One. Who should we touch on first? Uh, Bolton. I really like Bolton. We said we're going to win the. They're going to win the league last year. Last last week we said they were both. Going, last week we both said they're going to win the league. Uh, they're nineteen to twenty to get a win away at Cheltenham this weekend. Uh, so yeah, we like Bolton. They started the season well. Won last weekend against Lincoln, as we predicted they would. Unbeaten in pre-season before that. And again, winning midweek against Barrow. So all the signs for Bolton are good. Two games, two clean sheets. Uh, Cheltenham, two games, two losses. Not scored in either game. So, yeah, Bolton for me this weekend. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Bolton, uh, 
it's just the perfect start, wasn't it? For was anyone cool. who backed Bolton, it was uh, bloody lovely. Right, um, let's have a look at Burton Albion. Uh, I fancy them to get a win this weekend. They're at home to Derby County. I don't think this is any kind of rivalry, but it's definitely a local bash. Um, Burton, 2-0 defeat away at Blackpool um, on the opening day, and then a 2-0 home defeat against Leicester in the Carabao Cup. I'm not happy back in a team that has performed like that, of course. But also, I Tom, very similar to what you said about kind of QPR and Watford and everything, I'm actually going to put that aside and have a look at how poorly the opposition have been and still back a team that hasn't been great, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Derby, a 2-1 home defeat to Wigan on opening day. Um, they were all tweeting about how many fans he had in attendance, but it, was, uh, it, it wasn't enough to beat little old minus five Wigan Athletic. And then they lost to uh, Blackpool 2-0 at home in the Carabao Cup. Uh, I heard a lot of people saying Derby's performance was the worst in the EFL this weekend in terms of, you know, compared to uh, what they should be doing at the end of the season and objectives and playing staff and all that kind of stuff. So I actually do think Burton are going to have a good season, Tom. I know you say, I think you had them to finish like ninth, maybe, yeah, yeah. in yeah. your preseason predictions. I think I had them around 12th or 13th. Do expect them to go well, and I do think this is a great opportunity for them to play without any pressure at home against a team that is already under pressure. Um, they're 10-3, to 3, Burton. It's a really good price, and I'm going to be definitely having a look at that one. Yep, cool. Uh, again, another big price for chucking out. Lots of big prices, aren't we? Love on the it, love it. it. Um, I've got a both teams to score for a bit of a change. Three to four in the game between Peterborough and Charlton. Um, Peterborough, across the start of the season and pre-season, both teams have scored in five of their last six. Charlton, six of their last eight. And I think these are two sides, generally, who possess a good amount of attacking talent, who approach the game the right way, who want to entertain, who want to score goals. Obviously, Charlton bolstered with the addition of Alfie May, uh, Peterborough, Johnson Clark-Harris, last season top goal scorer, and uh, Efron Mason-Clark, who has started the season well as well. Um, so, yeah, I think these two are going to go for it. I think it's going to be entertaining. I think there's going to be goals. I don't know which way it's going to go. It could be a, you know, something like a two-all, uh, but three to four for both teams to score is... Uh, one I think would definitely come in this weekend. Mm, I do like that. Um, let's have a look at Blackpool. And I think, Tom, it's okay to admit when you're wrong. <laughs> I, think, I think it's okay to admit... Me or when, you? Uh, me. I'm, 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 I was very wrong. Um, I think, anyway, I'm only going off one league game, really. But I really wasn't convinced um, that Blackpool would do anything this season. They've responded by beating Burton 2-0 at home and Derby 2-0 away. I actually just ironically mentioned both results. Um, they've started off really well. Neil Critchley has just kind of picked up where they've left off and, and that's great. Um, I'm backing them to go away to Exeter, who have also picked up two wins in two games. But very similar, again, Tom, to the Watford thing. They played Wickham, who are an absolute 
nightmare and could have been uh, 3-0 down in nine minutes, as I said. Um, the game did actually, ironically, finish 3-0 to Exeter. And then it beat Crawley at home, 2-1 in the Carabao Cup. I think almost every person on the planet has predicted Crawley to finish bottom of uh, League Two this season. So, yeah, I'm fancying Blackpool to go there and get a win. They're priced at 6-4, to four, which I think is nice. A lot of people, let's not forget, including ourselves, Tom, had Exeter to be involved in that relegation scrap. So, you know, I'm not letting two wins against a, a nightmare kind of performance from Wickham and arguably the worst team in the, in the 72. Um, cloud my judgment on that. Blackpool 6-4. to four, Looks like I was wrong. Yep. Okay. Um, one more for me. Uh, it's Portsmouth away at Leighton Orient. Portsmouth are six to four for the victory. Now, the risk is sounding a bit contradictory. Uh, I just had a look at Leighton Orient's preseason games, and they've had a torrid preseason. Um, they've played just to pick out a few of the teams: Billericay, Chelmsford, Ebbsfleet, Dagenham and Redbridge, Bishop Stortford. They didn't beat a single one of them. They scored three goals in five games against those lower league sides. They've took that poor form into the new season. They lost 1-0 at Charlton on opening day and then again 2-0 at Plymouth in the Cup in midweek. So this is a team that seemed to have somehow developed a losing habit after winning the league last season and getting promoted. They're not scoring goals and they go, they go up against one of the, the toughest teams to face in the division, in my opinion, this weekend in Portsmouth. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't quite know what's gone off at Leighton Orient, to be honest. I'm just looking at stats and results there, but um, without knowing any finer details of it, they seem to be in a little bit of trouble early doors um, and a, maybe a little bit of rot has set in somewhere. But yeah, Portsmouth to get a victory at 6-4 to four is a decent price, if so. Yes, I'm... Uh... As, as a Portsmouth outright backer, I approve of this message. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to jump into League Two uh, whenever yeah. you are. Yeah, let's go. I think before we start, I think a bit of respect needs to be, needs to be put on the names of existing League Two sides, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Wrexham, Knotts, waltzed up into the league. Everyone thought they were going to absolutely boss it. Uh, both very short last weekend and both got absolutely trounced. Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of great. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a big lover of the project at Wrexham, and you know, I less less anger towards the project at Knotts. But uh, yeah, it was good to see kind of standard League Two teams that have been in the league for a while, and you know, kind of show them it's going to be tough this season. So yeah, no, it was good. Uh, MK Dons. Uh, ironically, Tom, are the first team I want to talk about. They mm. went and they beat Wrexham. Uh, they beat them 5-3. I watched the highlights. Good, honestly. Never boring, is it, Wrexham? It's, no. No, never boring. Um, I think if people are interested in this, I've got a very kind of knee-jerk reaction, outright double bet. For, uh, for MK Don's players based on one performance. So you can think this is absolutely ridiculous if you like. That's fine. Um, so top goal scorer, Tom. I've decided that Moisa 
is a shout at 14 to 1. You've joined me. Yay. I've joined you. So he's now 14 to 1. I can't remember what he was. I should have found that out, and I do apologize. Um, also, I think if you can find a bookmaker. 16 to 1. Sorry? 16 to 1. I just checked my notes from last week. Okay, so it's been shortened into 14. That's actually not bad, to be fair. Um, we are. I'm also trying to put out there that Jonathan Lecco can win player of the season in League Two. So find a bookmaker that can offer you that uh, that price and that market because it's absolutely scintillating. And this is a guy who has kind of been there and done it at higher levels, uh, maybe not to great effect, but has always shown flashes. And uh, yeah, he was playing in a really exciting attacking free-flowing position that was largely on the left. He's also in the top goal scorer market at just 25 to 1. Uh, he's probably been backed in a crazy amount. But anyway, I just wanted to add that in, Tom, because I've had a knee-jerk punt <laughs> myself, so I wanted to share it. Um, yeah. Anyway, 5-3, beat Wrexham. Lost 2-0 against Wickham in the Carabao Cup. I'm a bit annoyed about that, but that's okay. Uh, Tranmere lost at home to Barrow 2-1, and they beat uh, Barnsley on penalties in the Carabao Cup away, uh, which is nice. Um, Tranmere are cutting their cloth this season. They've been forever kind of playoff finishers slash playoff threateners, and basically they've come out and they've said, listen, we, we're going to have to have a transitional season. We're having to watch the spend. We're having to sell players having to bring in loans blah 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 it's not going to be a great season mk don's absolutely scintillating on opening day uh four to five for mk my mouth is watering i cannot wait to see that roll in at five o'clock i can't yeah. wait absolutely i agree with that one i love it uh for me gillingham time to toot my horn a little bit i think <laughs> this one um <laughs> we both picked gillingham to get automatic promotion from this division uh, they've done as well so far, haven't they? Probably, I'd say, on balance, looking at all the teams in the EFL, they've had the most impressive start to the season for me. Um, winning away last weekend, 1-0 at Stockport, which I threw out on the pod um, at a big price. And then winning in midweek against Southampton in the EFL Cup. They're two fantastic results for Gillingham, underlining why we and many other people, to be fair, had confidence in them getting automatic promotion this season and building on what they what they started at the back end of last season. Mm. Uh, they're 11 to 10 at home, where they were so strong last year. I think I can't remember the exact style off the top of my head. They won 13 out of the last 16 games, I think it was, uh, at home last season, something like that. Mm. Um, 11 to 10 to beat Accrington Stanley. I think, yeah, just after the start they've had, the steam train is going to keep on rolling for me. Yeah, I uh, backed them to win the league, so I was very excited to see them uh, get off to a great start. Um, I also, by the way, had Gillingham in a kind of personal bet of mine, and this bloody new injury time thing gave me the fright of my life because it flashed up on my phone that Stockport had scored in the bloody 115th minute or whatever <laughs> it was, uh, and that would have destroyed my bet, but uh whatever got ruled out so that was my first taste of what's to come i think uh let's segue nicely in stockport 
Uh, they are playing one of the... I mean, I don't really know what to expect from Warsaw this season. I think I banged them in 16th. I just think they're, they're not really moving either way, are they? They're not really looking good or bad. Um, they've started the season off with consecutive defeats. They'll be disappointed with a 2-1 defeat away at Morecambe, even though Morecambe are recently relegated. I think they're the kind of games that Warsaw would be confident of getting some points against, but not to be. Uh, they did lose 4-3 away in the Carabao Cup to Blackburn. On the surface, it's a good effort, but you know you got to question motives and rotation and stuff from, uh, from Blackburn. Uh, Stockport, a poor uh, result, as you just mentioned, Tom. Uh, losing at home to Gillingham, and they lost four. Uh, so lost, I've done it again. They lost on penalties <laughs> um, against Sheffield Wednesday uh, in the Carabao Cup. Just basically looking at where I expect both these teams to finish, Tom, and one to twenty fours and everything. I'd Stockport to be automatically promoted, and I'd Walsall finish in about sixteenth, whatever I said. Um, so, yeah, if, for me, Stockport to be evens here. Like, I know they started off slowly last season, and I'm kind of worried that might continue this season. Um, but I've got to take a punt at evens because I think Stockport are by far and away the better team with that are going to go on to achieve way more than Warsaw this year. Yeah, for sure. I like Stockport as well, to be fair. I can kickstart the season this weekend. I think so. Um, I, I don't know, mate. Apart from that... Um... I'm struggling a little bit for League Two. I, I don't yet want to trust and back Notts County. They're still too short for me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really want to back Wrexham at the moment until they show a bit more without a, a certain Mr. Mullin up front. Mm. So, yeah, for me, I'm going to take a, a watching brief on those pair. Yeah, OK. Well, I've got one more, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for um, it. I'm going to tip up Salford. Um, they are at home's Crawley. Sold for the one to two, so I'm not loving the price, I'll be honest with you. Um, but I think, like, maybe just in general, that because Knotts and especially Wrexham and maybe even Stockport, they're all newer to this than Salford are. I think we kind of forget that Salford are backed by bloody, like, tons of millionaires. And they have, like, this amazing team at lead to level and they have all this investment and they, they can spend high. And I, I think we're... You know, Sky Sports are probably bored of Salford now because they got Wrexham to play with. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, let's not forget Salford are a, a League Two heavyweight. And they're playing against Crawley, who I expect to kind of, you know, be mid-table to lower mid-table, maybe get sucked into the relegation battle. Not sure. Um, but, yeah, Salford, a good away win at FGR on opening day. And then beat Preston away on, um, uh, on penalties in Carabao Cup. And Crawley beat Bradford 1-0, which is a good performance. And honestly, hashtag dartboard uh, for Bradford. Just It just never ends, does it? And then they lost to Exeter, which is absolutely fine uh, in the Carabao Cup. But yeah, like Salford are at home. I know they're one to two, but they're a, they're a heavy hitter. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like they deserve yeah. a bit more respect. And we should be talking about the fact that they should win this game a bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely, you're right. Um, they should get a win this weekend for sure. Um, all right, no more then for me, no more for you, right? No, no more for me. So we're going to briefly look back on uh, the weekend. So 
it was not a good treble. I'll be honest with you. We had Derby County. They lost against Wigan 2-1. We had Wickham. They lost against Exeter 3-0. We did have Watford. So they did win 4-0. But uh, not what we're looking for, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, they used up all the goals for everybody else, didn't they, that we needed? I think so, mate. Yeah, not great Um, for us. No, no. So hopefully it is tough on opening day, but that that was poor. Uh, but hopefully we'll go better this weekend. So the trouble we've got for everybody is as follows. So it's going to be Crystal Palace to win away at Sheffield United. Then the League 2 double of MK Dons to win at home to Tranmere and Gillingham to win at home to Accrington Stanley. So that's Palace, Gillingham, MK Dons all to win. It pays 8.97, so what's that, 8 to 1, pretty much. £10 on returns 89.77. £89.77, I don't know why I read it out like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, mate. Uh, yeah, really excited about about that one. Um, yeah, the Crystal Palace price is particularly purring, isn't it? It um, is. Yeah. So, yeah, let's see, let's see what happens there. Um, so by the time you've heard this... The Fancy Premier League is going to be launched. I have been sitting on this for ages because I've been just so busy in my personal life. But it is getting launched Thursday a night. If you were in it last season, you don't have to worry because you're going to be in it again automatically. Um, If you are new and you want to be in the league, you need to head to Twitter where I'm going to tweet out the code and you can join. If you don't join the first week because obviously the, the league starts on Friday and this is a bit tight and I apologise for that. You can join week two, week four, week 20. Like as long as you build your team, just get your team done and then you can join us whenever. You'll join in your rightful spot. You don't just join last. Um, so yeah, make sure you get that done and join the league um, because we had like nearly 300 people in it last year, which was great. Yeah, yeah. Highly competitive league. Uh, hopefully, mm. we'll break the top 200 or whatever we struggle yeah, have zero percent chance. <laughs> um, but yeah, the best thing you can do with us, guys, is like Tom mentions, engage on social media and also share the pod. So if you've enjoyed it, please share it with your friends. Uh, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, yeah, best of luck for the weekend. Really, please do share any bets that you have, any bets that you win. We love to see them. Um, if you get on that bomb-proof treble and it wins as well, let us see your slips. Hopefully it does, fingers crossed. But all the best, guys. Thanks for listening once again, and we'll be back same time next week. <laughs>